The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson, and available wherever fine podcasts can be found. Hit that subscribe button and notify bell next to it. Make sure you're always getting your new going on notifications. For hey man, the new year we got. Dear get Santa, some, can I get a new chair, please? Can I just bring some WD forty over? No, this needs to be tightened up. Oh, okay. That's the problem. That I we have a toolbox here, like a little one. Yeah. Anyways, I'll have to look into that. Uh, so this is Matt Chat, mm-hmm. uh, which is where we take uh, video questions from our twenty dollar a month and up patrons. Uh, you can take a look at the various Patreon reward tiers we have right there at the patreon.com yep. forward slash Steven Larson. We have a variety of them all the way from $1, $1 and up. Uh, but at the $20 mark, $20 gets your face right here on Matt chat. And we'll answer whatever question you might have, uh, about the world of wrestling and beyond. Beyond. I mean, if you want to ask your question about wrestling, you totally can. If you want to ask something else, you totally can too. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we got a bunch of great questions here. It's the the last Matt chat before the Christmas. Yes. And so, uh, I'm gonna put this thing on. That's not gonna last three questions. First question from the Enforcer, Stevie Bradley. Take it away, Enforcer. Hey, friendo, Stephen Larson. It's the Enforcer. Matt chat question time, and uh, coming to you from uh, office space here. Um, my main question is. Braun Smackdown in the books this week. McMahon family, the authority back in charge. And um, never was a fan of it back then. Um, but I want to know, um, eternal optimist Steve, how can this be good for the product that we see on Monday and Tuesday? And my good friend, pessimist Larson, how can this turn out real bad? I mean, bad. What's the worst way that this thing can end? All right, too sweet, hearty handshake, and a uh, shoulder lean. There you go. Peace out. Thank you, Enforcer. Look, I still got the tag on the hat. Are you planning on taking it back? Uh, that's always a possibility. Uh, anyway, what was the question? Uh, with McMahon's back in charge of Raw SmackDown, how will this all play out, Steve? Oh, man, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Look, I, look, here's the thing. I would think... That because they're doing this, they know that there's such an emphasis that they're doing on we need to listen to our fans and give them more of what they want. I refuse to believe it's going to be business as usual backstage. Can I ask you one question before you continue? What? Uh, Do the fans want more McMahons, though? Okay, so best case scenario, we're not really going to get more McMahons past their initial presence. They will fade into the background. I know that's not probably going to likely to happen. I honestly, I don't really mind if the McMahons are there. I just don't want them to come out and do twenty minutes in a promo. Like at the, I don't want them to be central to the story. And it feels like that's what they're going for—that they're not going to be central to the story or to the stories being told. So best case scenario, they're sending out all these surveys to their, you know, to their network subscribers. Maybe they're going to listen to them. Maybe they're going to listen to the crowd. Um, I mean, if even if you want to take a look at the reaction Oscar got seemingly within three weeks, got her the, the women SmackDown title. So, you know, best case scenario, we are going to get, look, we've already seen, Mustafa Ali get called up. That's a that's like a best case scenario situation. Uh, we've already seen better wrestling matches. We saw we're gonna you're gonna see a heck of a one coming up uh, on Christmas Eve. As long as they continue to do that, just enough with the silliness. Give us good wrestling matches, stories we care about. 
better characterizations, um, characters who have real ambition or real motivation. I think that's the best case scenario and, and like not a lot of McMahon going on. I, I, I would like to think that they are legitimately going to change. I mean, we, we've kind of seen it already, so I'm, I'm optimistic. No, it's all going south. This is all gonna, bad? All bad. It's all going to lead to the end of the WWE as we know it. Whoa. Um, <clears throat> Fox wants 3.3 million viewers for SmackDown. Yeah, I know. And if my worry is if they see that with a little bit of McMahon's ratings tick up like they did this week, about 10%. They're going to think, well, a little bit of McMahon adds 10%. What about a lot of McMahons? Well, there, were, there was less McMahon on SmackDown the next night. It's also a shorter show. But I, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, if you take the ratio of how long SmackDown is versus Raw, it was still less in percentage of show. They didn't. It wasn't thirty minutes of McMahon. Hey, it I asked, been twenty minutes. Of I McMahon. raised my hand and asked you one question. In the course of your 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 argument, you're interfering with mine. Let me finish, please. <laughs> you're the worst case scenario. Go then. Say okay, smart for once. All right, I'm done. <laughs> no, this is what it, your point is valid. Your point it is, is valid. They're gonna. They're gonna. It's, it's, here, what was our concern going into SmackDown just this week? Uh, Paige much, losing her job. Too much. Sure too enough, it happened. Too much metal. Oh well, that's true. Paige out of her job, and that stinks. She still get he. Shane said, K-fabe "Don't worry." Job, I know out of her kayfabe job, but she was such. Here's the thing. Barrett was a lousy general manager, but that, he he did the best he could with it. It's this terrible creative. It was a bad role for him. Nonetheless, I never had a problem with Barrett as general manager. He just should have been in the A story. Um, Paige was doing a fantastic job as general manager, week in, week out, uh, uh, delivering awesome performances. Even in just, sh- you know, if she was in the show for 30 seconds, she made the, the, that 30 seconds better by your presence. Now that she's gone, there's going to be a, a vacuum of power, kayfabe-wise, which is most likely to be filled with Shane. He's been better of late. Um, but there's a chance Stephanie might show up or Vince. Vince doesn't want to be on TV and it shows whenever he's on camera. You can tell he just doesn't like it. He he just so rather tired. he'd rather be back at Gorilla or home. He doesn't want to be on camera. Um, you like how they got three Stooges to play the Gorilla position guys on Raw? Yeah, no, <laughs> no haze. Um, and so I, I I think back to when SmackDown was was at its creative uh, zenith. Oh no, no, opposite. Okay, bottom. Yeah, floor. When Shane McMahon was centrally involved in the A story. That's the worst SmackDown has been since the brand split. Yes. It was horrible because they didn't know what they were going to do. They just wanted McMahon and A story. And my worry is they see, oh, the ratings are going up a little bit because we're back. Um, let's you know, start getting ourselves involved more, mm. in which case it's going to drag the whole product down. Because your formula is right. It's real simple. Interesting characters, uh, uh, feuds with clear motivation, and then put on quality matches. That's all it takes. That's what NXT does well. That's what New Japan does well. It's all pretty basic stuff. And, and the wrinkles and, 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 and it comes in how you tell the story and how the matches are laid out. You just need a couple people that have, their, have a beef for whatever reason. They go in the ring and they fight. Hey, I will say this, It's though. that simple. I don't know about backstage. I'm sure they film backstage segments with the McMahons. But, and this is kind of, this is not really a spoiler, but it, it'll prepare you for it. The episode uh, that went down on Christmas Eve... There were no, at least live, Mm-mm. no McMahons. Yeah, no, I know. So, look, your your point of view, entirely possible. I like to think that my point of view is what's going to happen, and I think it's possible, but time will tell. Yeah. We don't know. So, when in doubt, always assume McMahons will interject themselves more. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is that. that and that usually does not case. yield the best results. That does seem to be the case. That's my point. So... I'd be totally cool if... See, now, if they just come out and said, hey, things haven't been going good on Raw. Uh, we're going to try to do better on Raw. Uh, they don't have to say, we're going to be hands-on. They don't have to mention that. We're going we're gonna to have our... We're going to listen to you. Uh, you are the authority now. But you can still delegate uh, uh, authority to... Uh, Qualified in, individuals. Yes, general managers. If you want to call them that, I'm so tired of that phrase, though, that title for whoever's running Raw or, or SmackDown. Yeah, but I get, I mean, so 
I understand like the, the, the cynic point of view and even maybe even the realistic point of view is, is they feel like they are uh, a draw and that they're putting themselves out there. They understand that, you know, we all know they actually do run the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, look, the, the, the optimist in me though wants to say maybe this is them accepting the full brunt of responsibility for how things have gone bad on raw and where raw goes, the rest of the company goes. Yep. I mean, that's, that's just the thing. Yep. And so I'd like to think that they're saying, Hey, look, if anybody's going to be blamed from here on out, it's going to be the McMahons. We're not going to, you know, they obviously they scapegoated Baron Corbin because they had to character wise, yeah, 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 universe yeah. wise. But from here on out, they're the ones to accept the blame uh, in character. So I, that could be a part of it too. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think they listened a little bit. I think we saw that with some of the matches on the the the, the Christmas Eve Raw. Uh, we've seen it with Mustafa Ali. I think there's reason to be um, tentatively, uh, uh, cautiously optimistic. No, if history's about it. told me, if history's told me anything, it's it's to be pessimistic. Just just and that's not even well, spe- it's, not, it's not even talking about wrestling specifically huh? in this case of wrestling. <laughs> just, just specifically, in but to- specifically in this in case total. wrestling. total. Specifically in this case, wrestling. Let's talk about Zach or WWE Cass. at least. Let's talk, uh, Zach Cass has a question about a couple of uh, really positive events in 2018. Yes. Let's see what he has to say. What's well, good to see one more many friendos out there. It is your Matt Chat Hall of Famer, Zach S. Coming at you with another Matt Chat question. The question this week is, Stephen Larson, for the year of 2018, what was a more important moment for the overall wrestling landscape, the overall wrestling business itself? Was it WWE Evolution or All In? Muchas gracias, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. Hmm... I don't feel like there's a wrong answer here. Correct. Um, I can make the case for either. However, when we decide which one we were going to pick, you said evolution. I get all in. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a good reason, though. Go ahead. Um, all in is – what's the one thing WWE is seriously lacking right now? Enthusiasm. Um, there's a, a wealth of enthusiastic wrestling fans out there, as we saw, being at all in, being at StarCast. Enthusiasm was through the roof. There was no lack of enthusiasm. Big time. Um, and All In was by far the clearest manifestation of that enthusiasm for wrestling fans to have a true alternative to WWE's product. Now, we've been to a couple of New Japan shows here in the States, and crowds were hot for those shows too. But All In was a little different. Yeah, it was. Because it wasn't just New Japan. It wasn't just Ring of Honor. It was, it was, it was uh, wrestlers from all over the world, from various companies, coming together in a celebration of rest of not wrestling in WWE essentially, um, and it was it was really something to be a part of and to behold, just witnessing the enthusiasm, the passion from these wrestling fans, and it was matched by the performers themselves. You knew you know putting the show together was a labor of love for for Cody and the Young Bucks, um, and it seems like the success of All In might have inspired them to potentially start their own promotion coming soon, 2019 confirmed. All Elite Wrestling, All Into Double or Nothing. Another Jericho cruise. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan, especially if you enjoy wrestling outside of WWE. Uh, All in, it was a spectacular event. I don't think it's particularly sustainable, though. I think we're going to find that out if they try this all elite wrestling business. Um, Evolution was um, also a, a wonderful celebration of women's wrestling. Um, I mean, granted, it had its roots, I think, you know, cynically in the Saudi Arabia deal. Uh, I'm pretty sure without the hubbub around that, I'm not sure we would have gotten evolution, but I guess you never know. Um, and it, you know, we, we got the May Young, we had, you know, speaking of wrestling outside the WWE, I know the May Young Classic is, you know, they bring in wrestlers from all around the, the world and mm-hmm. they, they don't, they sign a bunch of them and they don't sign everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get a little bit of that. You get obviously the NXT title match was fantastic. You had one of the you know definitely a match of the year candidate in that last woman standing mm-hmm. match. Uh, so it was a wonderful spotlight, especially uh, after having watched Vengeance two thousand one uh, with Lawler slobbering all over himself during that Trish Stratus Jackie match, uh, Jacqueline match. Um, you know, obviously it's come a long way, and this is a wonderful celebration of that. I mean, WWE is wrestling. That's, you know, it's, it's got the market basically locked all in. It shows that, you know, there is a place for non WWE wrestling. I just, I'm very pessimistic in, in terms of like how much 
of a future that has <laughs> with the WWE. Depends how good it is. And their and their seemingly endless pit of money they can just throw at wrestlers who, you know, if they show just a glimmer of promise, the WWE seems to want to snap them up. And those wrestlers seem to have no problem going, as we've seen in the UK scene, where everybody has seemingly ditched the thriving independent scene and left it in question. Uh, Near ruins, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's this whole thing of, I mean, are the Young Bucks going to WWE this year? Probably not. But it, I don't know. It still kind of feels inevitable that they will. Uh, and as far as an all-in two is concerned, given that we've already seen certain promotions like not willing to work with other certain promotions uh, and companies like Impact and Ring of Honor signing up guys, I mean, you know, Cody's already said, you have to wonder, Cody said, I'm not going to, you know, work in Ring of Honor again. And he even there was like, I mean, it's it's sort of like side shade, I guess, thrown at ring at the Madison Square Garden show for saying, yeah, I'm not going to be in New York. I'm just going to do that's that's for the WWE kids. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that was meant to be used as shade, but it kind of is. It kind of belittles the Madison Square Garden show a little bit. Yeah, it does a little bit. And so I'm not sure how willing Ring of Honor like you, we heard about how how supportive Ring of Honor was for all in. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that they would be for an all in too. And if you have. The, so many talents locked up from, you know, all like, okay, you look at it all in two. You think of guys like PCO. You think of guys like perhaps Brody King. They're locked up. They just locked up Mark Haskins as well. You got Impact. They've locked up. And Impact, granted, if they were smart, they would be all over the all in two bandwagon. They'd be all over that. But they just said LAX can't work at Evolve. So you don't know. Well, I think that's mostly because of the WWE connection. Sure. Whatever the reason is. you Whatever the reason is. You just don't know going forward. Are these going to companies, and granted, I don't think Impact should, but would Impact say, hey, we've got a killer roster. Let's say they get a new TV deal. All of a sudden, they don't really need to do those those kind of things. They don't have to show the wrestling industry that they're happy anymore, that you know they're uh, they're trying to dig themselves out of a hole. So, well, no, hey, they've got a good roster. No, they do have a good it's roster. It's locked down, you know. But for them to, even if they get a good TV deal, for them not to, for them a good TV deal is a TV deal at this point. <laughs> So for them to bypass any sort of cooperative relationship with any promotion would be foolish on their yeah, part. No, I, I agree, but it's impact, as you've pointed out it plenty impact, of times. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think that... Let me ask you this. What if Cody's comments about the MSG show, what if they were kind of in character? What if we got some uh, All Elite Wrestling Ring of Honor battle going on at the MSG show? What a way to kick off your promotion than to go to war with other promotions. Think about that. Anyways... Next, we got a question here from, uh, from Loki. About. Don't tell me to think about that. So. Uh, Loki, let's see what Loki has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. Loki Richard here at the Freak of Flight with another Matt Chat question. Hanging out with our new commissioner. Nemo must have put him out sometime last night. I have a Christmas question for you, seeing how this is going to be the Matt Chat Clusters is Christmas. Who was the best wrestler to dress up as Santa? Who was the worst wrestler to dress up as Santa? And who do you think should be the next wrestler to dress up as Santa? Have fun with the debate. Merry Christmas to all the friendos. I'll see you soon. Thank you, Loki. Thank you, Loki. Oh, you're dressed as Santa right now. Best or worst? I'm best. I'm best Santa. Think again. I got you you a good gift. What? I got you a good gift. I got you a good one, too. Nice. Best. Nice. Not worst. Best. Uh, Best wrestler wrestler dressed as Santa Claus. So there was like this website that had like all 23 instances. Yeah, there was a list. Uh, And uh, one of them was Mark Henry. I would love it if Mark Henry Santa. And then he even incorporated his, because like, I guess, what's his face? Damien Sandow was like bad Santa that year. WWF did a thing. WWE did a thing. And the little kid comes, sits on uh, Mark Henry's lap, and he's got the Bella Twins as his, like, couple of his elves. And Hornswoggle, obviously, too. Um, and the little kid's all bummed out, and he's like, what's wrong, little boy? And the little kid's like, Santa, another Santa just told me I'm going to cancel Santa, or cancel Christmas. And he says, no, I'm going to make sure... Christmas is just great. You know why? Because that's what Santa Claus does. <laughs> Mark Henry's incredible. Mark Henry's the best. I would love if he was Santa Claus. Hell yeah. Uh, worst is obviously Hulk Hogan. Uh, he was in a, literally a whole movie called Santa with Muscles, which I don't know anything Didn't about. Did he shave his mustache off? Yes. Kind of? Yeah, it was creep. It was super creep. No, no It was good. weird. No I good. don't even know what the premise Okay, let me ask you this. I'm going to look up the premise right now. Live. I don't think he was really Santa. He was like a mall Santa at best. Okay. Anyways, best Santa is Mick Foley. Dude legit is obsessed with Christmas. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, so any list of best wrestling Santas has to include Mick Foley. Worst. Oh, no, he had his mustache. I thought he was... That's weird. I thought he shaved... No, I thought he had it, but I thought he didn't have the handlebars. It was just mustache. Uh, Yeah, you're kind of right. And it's like not... And he, oh, he's got like a head of hair. Oh, that's weird. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, he does look weird. He looks super He weird. looks slimmed down, too. He looks yeah, super he must, old. Did, when was that? Was that between WWE and WCW? Probably. I feel like it was. I feel like he had a, just a standard mustache around that time, too. Yeah, he definitely looks... Oh, man. How weird does he look there? That's strange. What year did that movie come out? I don't know. I was about to look up more. All right. on it. Uh... 1996. Oh, that's kind of that's. I think that's so. Right, he, that's he right. He bleaches around. his mustache, his oh, yeah, Fu Manchu, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think he just didn't bleach it there. Oh, Garrett Morse was in that movie. I I actually met him once. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't really know who to put for worst Santa, and I found a video of the Shockmaster reading "Twas the Night Before Christmas." Wow, it was panned by critics and considered to be one of the worst films of all time. Wow, like it was legendarily bad. Wow, guess how much money it made at the box? Two million dollars. Lower. $800,000. Lower. 15 bucks. Well, higher than that. $30. Wow. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Anyways, uh, I just put Shockmaster as worse Santa because he read Twas the Night Before Christmas, and it was really weird. That's it. He's overacting. Wow. Okay, so here we go. He wasn't even a mall Santa. He was mistaken for a mall Santa. Uh, How do you get mistaken for a mall Santa? Here's the premise. Blake Thorne, Hulk Hogan, Mm. is a self-made millionaire who sells bodybuilding supplements and equipment. Here's how the pitch to Hogan went. All right, Hogan, so you're going to play a guy named Blake Thorne. He's an out-of-work, down-on-his-luck guy who is trying to muster up money for for his kids. And he says, how about this, brother? I'm a self-made millionaire who sells bodybuilding supplements and equipment. Okay, fine, Hogan. One day, while recklessly playing paintball, he is targeted by police. He is chased to a shopping mall, so he's evading police. Oh, Ed Begley Jr.'s in it. He's in, like, everything. Where he hides by putting on a Santa costume. He slides down a garbage chute to escape the police and bangs his head, resulting in amnesia. Mistaken by Lenny, Don Stark, as the mall Santa, Blake begins to think he really is Santa Claus. Meanwhile, the evil scientist, Ed Bagley Jr., played by Ed Bagley Jr., tries to take over an orphanage in order to gain access to the magical crystals underneath it and dispatches his henchmen to destroy it. That sounds horrible. Uh, However, spoiler alert, Blake manages to rescue the kids. So this this movie was released November 8th, 1996, so after... The formation of the NWO. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing it was probably shot right, probably right before all that. Uh, let me ask you this. Was his salary for this movie above or below what it made? Above. <laughs> Way above. Yeah. Way above. Way above. <clears throat> probably by like four times, like three times. Probably. Uh, next. Oh. He's back. He's back. Ain't he great? Double J. Ain't he great? One half of the tag team quadruple J. Yes, let's see what uh, Double J has to say. What up, Stevie Larson? It's Double J, Joe Jensen. And as you can tell by the the music I chose, I'm back and better than ever. My question is, with Christmas coming up, what's your favorite McFoley memory moment? McFoley, you know, he's a big mark for Christmas, so... What's your favorite McFoley moment? 
All right, take it easy. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, Double J. Ain't he great? Ain't he great? Uh, oh, I go first. Oh, it's it's fully winning the WWE Championship. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the highlight of his entire career. Well, not only did he win the championship, he got to rub it in WCW's face. face. I know. Half a million people, people twist or turn the channel to Raw to see him win, rather than stick around and watch the finger poke garbage doom. Tr- garbage fire that is Raw. That was Nitro at the time. Wasn't it the finger poke yep. of doom? That was yep. the same night. Yeah. Yep. yep. So yours is yours is a really great answer. Uh, I'm on that one. I'm all about that. I'm gonna say though. Uh, one of my favorite Mick Foley moments, one of his accomplishments, I would say, is Have a Nice Day, the book that he wrote. Did you go with me? No, it was Hilton and I went and got, went to a book signing. That's probably, yeah, that that's book. right. I, don't, I did not do that. I think um, I still have that somewhere. The thing that's so great about that is that it really did kick off the genre of wrestler biographies or mm-hmm. autobiographies. autobiographies. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good read. I it's, love that story mm-hmm. about uh, uh, being on the road with DDP and putting the, he and, I think it was Foley and Austin put the, uh, cookie crumbs in DDP's bed. Yeah. That's a good story. Wasn't Regal there too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that, but then also Hell in a Cell. I mean, it was like in hindsight, it's, it's kind of horrific watching it, but oh yeah, it really did. Like from then on out, Foley could basically do no wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it was, I don't know. It was pretty spectacular what that dude would go through to entertain his fans. Yeah, which is what made his WWE title win all the more oh, yeah, for memorable sure. yeah. and rewarding. Absolutely. It was great to see. Next, Bobby Mincy. Let's see what Bobby Mincy has to say. Hey, friendos. Bobby Mincy back with another Matt Chat question. Steven Larson, try and throw nostalgia aside. And after watching TLC, I want you guys to try and debate on what was the better trio combination. The Bar, The New Day, and The Usos, or Matt Hardy, Edge, and Christian, and The Dudleys. I know it's kind of hard sometimes for nostalgia purposes, and Matt and Jeff were probably my favorite growing up as kids. But truth be told, I've gone back, I've watched some old matches of the of mixtures of the teams, and to be honest, I'm more of a fan of the more recent trio of Usos, Bar, and New Day. But one of you guys pick new, one of you guys pick old. Let me know. You decide to sweet, hearty handshake, shoulder lean. Peace, guys. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. <clears throat> Man, as much as I love the Usos, Feebar, New Day, I think that we, we really are lucky enough to see these three great tag teams all on the same brand doing it. Man, nothing will ever beat Matt and Jeff Hardy. Edge and Christian and the Dudley boys all trying to one up each other. Man, when they had those matches, you were there live for WrestleMania uh, 2000. WrestleMania 2000. Uh, They really, I think you're never going to be able to, when you pioneer something, when you pioneer something, you always go down in history as having done that thing. You'll always have that. And the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley boys, at that time, those three teams, always trying to one-up each other, pioneering that hardcore tag team stuff that they did, brought it to the WWE. Um, The character work, it was, and they were all so, each team brought something completely different. It was all just fantastic. And yeah, there's a bit of nostalgia because like we lived through it and everything, but they were that they the WWE they just used to celebrate young teams, you know, or just young acts. And there's something to be said about that. About the the the, the they were history makers with the whole TLC thing. I just kind of feel like wrestling in general today, the quality of in ring work is better than it's ever been. Oh, for sure. Um and uh granted the Usos and the New Day have had some pretty brutal battles, especially that Hell in a Cell match, which is fantastic. By and large, though, they haven't had to resort to gimmick matches to tell interesting stories. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I won't. I, I, I was a huge, huge Dudleys uh, fan back in the day. Um, nothing but respect for the Hardys, Edge and Christian. They're all great. I just feel like, like trying to watch some of those TLC matches today, it's hard. Seeing Jeff Hardy take that spear while hanging off the thing with the belts on it. That's hard to watch. Yeah, man. And uh, I don't know. I don't really enjoy that kind of wrestling as much as I did back then. Yeah. 
I like really good storytelling. Yeah. That doesn't require. But they had that, though. No, they did. I just feel like this the, the, the quality of the in-ring product now is so much better consistently. You put the Usos and the Duday in the ring, and you're guaranteed a great match. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like they could find out they're working a match two minutes before they go out there, and it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's just really what it comes down to. I just think the wrestling now is better than it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and those three teams put them in the, mat, the match together and it's magic it doesn't need to be a gimmick match it doesn't need to have ladders or tables involved that's the thing about the, the guys back then I'm not taking away anybody, anything from the guys today but I don't think those guys needed any of that stuff they were just pioneering it they were just mm-hmm. like making it all up they yeah. all just yes. did it I don't think any of them needed it they just kicked it up to the next level I will, I will give they were doing I'll put it this way they were doing stuff Nobody had seen before. Okay. At that level. Well, I was going to say, the, the, and I think this is more about how stuff is booked now versus then. The rivalry between the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian was palpable. You could feel it. And while we've had some good segments with the Bar Usos and New Day, I don't feel like the rivalry has ever gotten to the same like boiling point mm-hmm. as it did with the teams back then well it's also i don't know that there might be an element of as much as i enjoy the rap battles they're great well i mean my thing is there might be an element of context historical context that that we don't quite appreciate yet i think five ten years from now when we look back on the usos and the new day and even Thebar, we'll look back and like man remember when they had remember when smackdown had those teams um yeah, we get nostalgic about this period of wrestling. Yeah, yeah exactly. It'll, it'll change your perception of. A but lot. yeah, when you look back, I mean, it was. I, I guess with with the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian, it was such a sea change from what we had had previously that it's difficult. And here, here's the thing: if the Usos, the the people they are, were around back then, and same with the New Day, I have no doubt they would be pioneering wrestling oh, yeah. as well oh, yeah. because that's just something that they're. Through their own creativity, they've been able to do. Yeah, but the the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys, it's like, man, those those guys, they they legitimately should have been. I'll put it this way. If the rest of the WWE wasn't so strong, they would have been main eventing, they would have been tag teams main eventing pay-per-views back then. That's how good they were. Oh, yeah. It's just the singles competitors. Austin Rock, Triple H, Mankind, Kane, Undertaker, off, off the chart, super off the yeah. charts. Yeah. Um, and so to to steal the show from those guys, which they did multiple times, is such a credit to them oh, and yeah. their rival. I will never take anything away from them. It's hard to watch that stuff these days, though. Oh yeah, dude. I don't want to be That's falling right. from twenty feet up. No, it's tough to watch. Zena sixty four has a question. Let's see what he has to say. Salutations, friendo. So, The Miz and Jinder Mahal both got the WWE title when they were both in their mid-card level. So, my question is, which mid-card performer right now can obtain the WWE title or Universal title and carry themselves as a WWE or Universal champion that can actually reach their ceiling and, in the end, with time, actually look like a main roster, main champion? Thanks. Thank you, Zenith. Thank you, Zenith. Uh, I go first. You go first, yes. I'm right here. Uh, does this count? Here's the thing about SmackDown. There really isn't a mid-card Their there. mid-card is chock full of former world champ. Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, well, it's former, Jeff it's, Hardy. It, it, it's full of former or potential world champions. Okay, so my answer is Shinsuke Nakamura. Do you really consider him a mid? That dude could he can main event any show and it'd be totally normal. Yeah, no. So there's that. Um, I mean, if you look at if if he wasn't injured, Kevin Owens would be in the mid card. He's a former Universal Champion. Yeah. There isn't much of a mid card these days. I was about to say Finn Balor. He won. He was the first Universal Champion. The roster is so stacked that your mid card. That was that was one point that I made uh, on the Vengeance recap. Um, it's in my notes, so I'm gonna make it because oh, I haven't filmed right, it yet. All right, all right. Oh, there was uh, actual mid card back then. The if you take a look at the last five or six Intercontinental Champions right now, prior to Seth Rollins, yeah, or and uh, and, and Dean Ambrose, yeah, all of them former World Champions. Mm-hmm. Back then, 
It was Edge, RVD, it was like Regal. The up, it was the up-and-comer belt for the most part. It was the up-and-comer belt, yeah. exactly. There was a mid-card back yeah. then. These days, that mid-card is virtually gone. Yeah. It either disappears into the tag team division, because back then, guys like Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, right now, they would be the mid-card. Yeah. Uh, Heath Slater, Rhino. Well, not Rhino. Uh, those kind of Ty guys. Dillinger. Ty Dillinger. Yeah, exactly. R-Truth. They'd mm-hmm. be mid-carders. Mm-hmm. They get kicked over to the tag division. So there really isn't a... Because people just stick around longer. They take better care of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Dude, tell me... Well, Kofi is a former mid-card champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier Woods, Big E. Well, both of them. I know Big E's a former Intercontinental yeah, Champion. Yeah, he won the Intercontinental Champion, yeah. Chip, Intercontinental Champion. Either of the Usos, if they ever were to break up, they're easily mid-card champion material. Mm-hmm. Sheamus and Cesaro, both former mid-card... Sheamus is a former, former world, world champion. champion. Yeah, so it's just guys stick around longer. <clears throat> so the mid card scene, there is no mid card scene. What the real question actually is, who out of the top six guys on NXT? Yeah, could because the NXT Championship is kind the of the mid card title, title yeah. now. Who of those guys could could realistically be like Finn Balor, come in win Universal Championship? Alistair Black. I'd say Alistair Black, probably, probably Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Probably Alistair Black and probably Ciampa. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Adam Cole. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I was going to say Samoa Joe. And that's completely legitimate. It's, it's wildly surprising. He hasn't won anything yet. I know. It's absolutely surprising. I know. That just speaks to the depth of the roster, I think, to a certain degree. Again, though. Bobby Roode, another guy. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he's a former U.S. champion. He's a former U.S. champion. Current yeah. tag team champion. Yeah. Did you say Nakamura? That was your pick. Nakamura was my pick, but I mean, did we all thought he was? If it wasn't for that video game, he probably would have won the title. Maybe yeah. they probably would have traded hands. Yeah. Ao Worm, the the self proclaimed Matt Chat Hall of Famer. I won't dispute that. Uh, uh, headliner. Let's see what he has to say. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Ao Worm here. Your Matt Chat Hall of Famer headliner here. Have another Matt Chat question for you coming to you from the UK from one of our ad mods, Christian. And she wants to know that since we have NXT, NXT UK, and talks of more NXT branches coming in the future, do you think that Triple H will make an NXT-based Royal Rumble just like we have a main roster? How do you guys feel about that? Do you think it will work? Or do you think that they'll just stick to having two or three NXT call-ups during the Royal Rumble just for flair and panace, as they say. All right, guys, let me know what you guys think. Take it easy. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. I'll catch you later. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Thank you, A.O. Worm. All right, here's my idea. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no. I'm, oh, by, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. I am ceding my time to Larson because when I saw your answer, I was like, oh, that's the good idea. So let's, let's fast forward three, four, five years. There's multiple NXT UK, territories. Japan, Mexico. Uh, yeah, say Germany too. Germany. I know they're 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 got a working relationship with WXW over there. Um, so once a year, the the top talent of each of the the, the localized promotions will send I don't know five or six competitors to the uh, NXT territorial rumble. Mm-hmm. Winner of that rumble gets a chance, a title shot. At the NXT champion. Okay. Um, and, it, it, you know, either, either it's, a, it's a really good opportunity to take someone who's massive at one of these these ter- territories mm-hmm. and elevate them directly to NXT in a huge spot. Like, say, Walter got massive in NXT Germany. Yeah. Just, like, over the moon popular. And he decided, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come work in the States for a little while. You could have him in that match. Shock victory. He's new NXT champion. Um, or you can just get, give one of these guys in one of the local territories a chance to showcase their, their skills at a takeover yeah. that they might not otherwise have. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love that. I think that like a territories rumble, I think that'd be great. Um, it would be, I think it'd be cool sort of extending that five, like you said, five years from now you have a bunch of territories, like sort of some sort of maybe during mania weekend, a super takeover, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I would love. To oh see yeah. That. It'd be great to have a take like yeah. a, a crossover takeover. Where like yeah. each of the territories get a match mm-hmm. to showcase, like, you know, like the, the, the United Kingdom championship, he'd be defended the Japanese one, Mexico, Germany. Yeah. That'd be a lot that'd of be fun. Cool. 
No. Next from Devin the Dude. Devin the Dude. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos. It's Devin the Dude here back with another Mad Chat question uh, with a fresh new haircut as well. Uh, sorry I missed last week, guys, but my question this week is if it's supposedly going to be a triple threat for WrestleMania with Ronda Rousey, where does that leave Asuka? Um, do you see them pulling the trigger on maybe Nikki Cross or Ember Moon or... I mean, if it's Ember Moon, how is that even possible? Does she win the Elimination Chamber or the Rumble and vice versa? Or where do you see this playing out? Uh, let me know. And uh, thanks for the shirt, guys. Enjoy. Stay strong, brothers. Thank you, Devin the Dude. Thank you, Devin the Dude. All right. Uh, so here's the thing. If it is... If it's if Asuka is not in the fatal four way or mm-hmm. in a fatal four way with well in the, the main event three. in the main event right of WrestleMania 35 yes there is no other option for her except to be in a kickoff show it's true it's the truth no, I don't know about that because if you look at the roster on SmackDown the only competitors left are all kickoff show competitors so what do you do you use that spot use that opportunity to build up somebody and in my case, I'm going to throw out the name Sony Deville, who I think is absolutely terrific. Her MMA background and the way that she they have her wrestling sort of takes advantage of that, I think would be a really, really interesting matchup with Asuka. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Um, it gives you the chance to build somebody a new star in the SmackDown women's division. You put it in the, it, it, and it only be a kickoff match and that's okay because at this point her being in a match for the title, uh, in the kickoff for at WrestleMania is totally believable. That's total. That's totally okay. Um, there's nobody with the star power to get, uh, as a singles opponent against Oscar in the main show. Uh, and so you'd build somebody like Sony Deville, um, who I think is a terrific up and comer, and uh, she takes on Oscar. But it'd be a kickoff show match. It's okay. Yeah, the Ember Moon win the the women's rumble, and then she says, "I have unfinished business with Oscar. I can never beat her in NXT." NXT? That's not canon. You're crazy. But it'd be it'd actually give this match an interesting story. Um, and then if you have Ember have a really good showing in the rumble and win it, you're making a star right there. That'll earn its way onto the main card. Um, Ember wins the Rumble, challenges Asuka, saying, I need to prove my bona fides here in the main roster by doing something I can never do, and that's beating Asuka. You get months to build up the story and build up Ember in the process. That could be a... They put on great matches in NXT. Give them 15 minutes, probably closer to 12, on the main card of WrestleMania, and kickoff. they'll have a great match. It'd be a kickoff. Show. No. Totally no. be a kickoff. No. It would be. No, I think it's Ember, it wouldn't be. Christopher Rappersod has a question. Let's see what he has to say. Good morning, Steven Larson. So my question is today, who will join the Kiss My Club 
from Vince McMahon in the modern era today, who would join? Would it have been a Titus O'Neil, a Finn Balor? Who would it be? Thank you, Christopher. It's Thank Baron. You. Baron. It's, that's the right answer. It's Baron. Imagine 20 years ago, the opening the Raw that happened this past week. It would have seen, if it happened in 99 or something, 2000, it would have seen Baron Corbin kissing Vince's butt. It would have totally happened. Totally. He said, you're a fire, now kiss my butt. Here's my idea. So this new kid, Sid Scala, he's, he usurps Johnny Saint as... Good chance that's going to happen. Which is going to happen as Raw, I'm sorry, as UK general manager. So uh, they bring him in because he has to have a meeting with Vince, Right. The meeting happened because, you know, he, oh, you're the new guy. Okay, well, it's, well, Vince wants to see what kind of, you know, uh, grapefruits this kid has. So he brings him in the ring as a test. And he says, you're joining that kiss my butt club. And because uh, I don't think we're allowed to say ass on this show. Well, he just did. All right. Well, it's the seal's broken. I can say kiss my butt club now. So anyways, they go in the ring. You could just, just have the sound dip out. Well, I shouldn't have to do that. You should be mindful. Here, do this. Do Do this. Do this. I'm going to say this. Hey, now take that audio. And then I'm going to do what they do on the, on the backwards. Yeah. Okay. That's good too. Well, backwards, but they'll put backwards and forwards. The same so time. I've only said it twice so far. I'm going to say it one more time. No, don't say it again. It's okay. more work for me. I don't want to have to do all this. It's just the third Cause time. it's completely avoidable. It's just a third time. If you do it. What's you wrong? Spit in my mouth. Did I? Yeah. It was inevitable. It's disgusting. Anyways, he brings Sid scale in there and he's like, kiss my butt. And uh, Sid Scale is like, oh, dear, what do I do now? And then he kisses his butt and he says, you're fired. You, you, you know, you're not man enough to say no to me. So that's, that's how it would go. Sid Scala kisses Vince McMahon's butt. I thought it was Johnny Saint. I had him written down, but, man, that's messed up. It is messed up. You're a wrestling legend, but you know Vince McMahon. Oh, this is a fun question from Cactus Jackie. Let's see what Cactus Jackie has to say. Hey, Stephen Larson. Cactus Jackie here. So, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Suppose that you were making an all-wrestler uh, remake of the movie. Who would you cast in which role? Thanks, friendos, and I hope everybody has happy holidays. Thank you, Cactus Jackie. Oh, 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 oh. All right, go ahead. Are you a fan of the Vacation movies? I haven't seen them in a really long time. Always bugged me they would just change the cast out. I can't get behind a series. Oh, I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I'm glad you found the humor in it. I used to watch European and, like, vacation. Clark would all get the time. older. Him and Beverly D'Angelo would get older and older. But and the then kids eventually, would all roughly stay the same. Except they? for the first movie. The first movie they were they were younger, and then like European yeah, vacation and Christmas still vacation. Still, Michael like it seemed like they were the same age. Did they age out Beverly D'Angelo for like the last one or something? I don't know. And put somebody else in it. I feel like they did. Anyways, recast Christmas Vacation. Oh, you may do it. I was never a huge fan of the vacation movies. Even back then, I was telling you this off camera. Even back then, although I thought Chevy Chase was funny, he always gave me a vibe like he was a jerk. Mm. And sure enough, nobody in Hollywood likes that guy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so here's my recasting as uh, Clark Griswold. I would have cast Baron Corbin. Baron. Um, his character on TV name. is hapless, just like Clark. Um, as his wife, Ellen, I'd cast Natalia. As uh, Audrey, their daughter, Liv Morgan. Mm-hmm, that's good. And as their son, Rusty, Sid Scala. <laughs> I like how Sid Scala's our new favorite. <laughs> All right. So I have uh, as... Oh, as so he's already in Hollywood. I, I actually terrifically th- I think this he would make a terrific uh, Clark Griswold, John Cena. Yeah, it'd be good. It's perfect. He already did the the Blockers movie. Yeah, where I think he kind of played something like that, just a jacked version of him. I have Mickey James as Ellen. That's I good. I think they rumored they rumored mm, to have had a history maybe, with each other, uh, which would work perfect. See maybe. more of that. Uh, Alexa Bliss is the daughter, Audrey, and then Leo Rush is Rusty. So this was the this was the thing. It was the first one was Vacation from yeah, '83. I've seen that. I've seen European Vacation. So I've that's that's vacation. where it was still Michael Anthony Hall. Oh, there's Vegas Vacation. Vegas Vacation was in '97. That was eight years after Christmas Vacation. Was Beverly D'Angelo still in that one? Still Beverly D'Angelo. And that was it, right? Christmas Vacation too. Oh, that's the one with that's Randy Quaid. That's with Randy Quaid. Vince McMahon to play Randy Quaid or Johnny Saint. What is this? Hotel Hell Vacation? That what can't be that? a real vacation movie. If Chevy Chase. Clark and Ellen Griswold. Oh, it's still them. Oh, really? It's barely D'Angelo still? Yeah. Wow. But like. Who's playing Rusty in that one? Some dude named Travis Greer. 
Oh, he's all grown up. He has a wife. Yeah. I don't know if they made any more after Vegas vacation. Are there well, more? Well, this after came that? out in 2010. Oh, a video. So that was like oh, straight that's to just like a funnier die short or something. To, oh, that could be. Things we learned doing match at. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm trying to see uh, what the runtime is. Oh, to cameo. What is? Oh, that's what. Oh, is it about like Rusty and his family, and then they just have a cameo in it, maybe? I feel like we've gotten too deep into vacation movie lore here during the course of this match chat. Let's move on to the next question from Stephen M. Yeah, it's kind of a weird episode of match chat. It is. Oh, because they did. Sorry, we'll get to him in a second. They did. Uh, uh, they're gonna. The Ed. They, they did an Ed Helms oh, one. That's right. He plays Rusty in this. Oh. And okay. they cameo as them as gotcha, you know gotcha, their gotcha, characters. Gotcha. gotcha. Take it away, Stephen M. Go start two friends because I'm going to come out. Sorry, I'm going to expert Stephen M. Here with another match chat question. I'm going to Zegish in Budapest over the summer, which is a music festival. So I was wondering, what music festival would you love to go to with six wrestlers of your choice, and you'd have to camp? Too sweet, hearty handshake, Steve Shoulderling. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Do you like music festivals? No. God no. God no. I've never done one where which required camping out. I went to Coachella years ago. Saw Radiohead there. there. That was a good time. I'm not in my twenties anymore, man. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Nowadays. If it was, if I was in my twenties, but you've been to a music festival before, right? It's possible. I think you'd remember it if you had. I, you have no idea how bad my memory is. So I know I've never like stayed over at one. Okay, yeah, I've never camped at one, but I've been to a few. But it's possible I've been. So I went to Lollapalooza one year, '95, when it was here. I want to say I've been to something where I was like, "Which stage were we going to?" But I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, man. All right. I've probably been to five or six. I haven't even done like any really any drugs in my life. Well, that's not a necessity at a music festival. No, I'm talking about my memory. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyways, what are your answers? Well, Corey Graves seems to know a lot about music. Yeah. So I would take him. Seems also like a cool guy. Probably has a ton of stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair Black and Zelina Vega. He is a big music aficionado. Mm-hmm. Also really big into gaming. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could probably talk to him. He's probably a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. She seems like a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Out of character. Uh, I would also uh, bring Paige. She also is big into the music. Mm-hmm. Plus she's British. And British people, I just love them. Except if your name is Wayne Maker. Um, EC3. Because I need somebody to pal around with. Corey Graves, I feel like he's the kind of guy he could probably find like he'd probably go off and like find other cooler people to hang out with. Uh, EC3 would be out of his element and he'd be hilarious. Okay. So that and then Shayna Baszler, she's got really good taste in music. Yeah. So I feel like whatever stage she wants to go hang out at, I would go to that one. Okay. Um, I'd bring Braun because he seems to be an outdoorsman. I'm not a camper. I don't like sleeping outside of my bed, really. Right, but you understand, like, in a music festival, you're not, like, in the woods. No, I understand. It's not like camping camp. But I don't know how to set up a tent. You're not, I mean... I'm sure Braun knows how to set up a tent. Like, basic things, I don't know how to do. It's simple instructions. Very simple. I, if, dude, if I can set up a tent, which I can and have... Okay. I think at a very young age I did that. Braun seems like he might be a good guy. Um, Elias, he's a musician. Sure. So if the music on stage is no good, he can grab his guitar and start singing. That'd be good. Uh, Mickey James, also a musician. Nice. Um, so she can sing along, do some. Oh, that's right. She's country. Yeah. yeah. Some uh, some lovely duets with Elias. That'd be good. Um, Big E, mm-hmm. he just seems like a lot of fun. He seems really fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, he's got the cool dance moves. Oh, okay. So you know when when the beat drops, yeah, he can do his dance moves. Yeah. And then Matt Riddle. Because obvious reasons. Next, Patrick Sparks. Let's see what the B-Man has to say. Take it away, B-Man. Hey, friendos. Pat here. All right. So last month, my dad had his birthday, retired, and he drove across country with his girlfriend to go spend the winter in California because it's very cold here. He's very smart. Um, But it's about 3,000 miles from where I live in New Hampshire to Sacramento. So let's say you want to make a uh, road trip across the country from Sacramento to New Hampshire. What I want you to do is for intervals of a thousand miles, so a total of three, 
Pick a male superstar from any brand of WWE, can even be New Japan, Evolve, Progress, whatever. Um, one male superstar for the first thousand miles. For the second thousand miles, pick a female superstar. And for the last thousand miles, pick a tag team. What male, female, and tag team superstars would you like to travel across country with? Thanks, friendos. Goodbye. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, B-Man. Um, Finn, Becky, and The New Day. Mm -hmm. That's it. Seems like good people, good storytellers, uh, uh, really creative, funny people yeah. that seem to make the 3,000-mile drive cross-country cross entertaining. All right, and so informative. Start off with AJ Styles. Mm -hmm. Lots of stories. He's our age. He understands mm -hmm. life as we know it. Mm -hmm. Paige, she's mm -hmm. British. She seems probably had a lot of stories. She's cool. She also has a good taste in music. AJ would probably have to be like, dude, you're really gonna put that on? Do we have to listen to Leonard Skinner? I don't know. if He likes Leonard Skinner. I have no idea either. He might be like a new metal guy. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. You know what's cool about Vengeance is that it made me realize WWE new metal was made for WWE. Oh yeah, it fits so perfectly. especially in that period of time yeah and the club what a boy that'd be a fun road trip with the club yeah that'd be great all good answers all great answers uh next we got a, a video message here from ryan rugani not so much question take it away ryan i just want to say i've been listening to this show for probably six months became a matt chatter about a month and a half ago when i went to tlc the guy who sat down next to me had one of the slow Wolfpack t-shirts on so cool too sweet and a hearty handshake. Just wanted to say thanks again, guys, and have a happy new year and a Merry Christmas. Thank you, Ryan Rugani. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Ryan. That is freaking awesome, man. You just sitting there with your like a dog shirt. You sit down. And who comes up to sit next to you? Slow wolf pack. Comes and sits down. Pretty awesome. Man, that's great. That is fantastic. So well, thank weird. you. Thank you very much, Ryan. The odds of that happening are fairly slim. I know. Like only eighty three people bought that shirt. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. get our first eighty dollars from that shirt. Cool. Very soon. Twenty more dollars we can buy another microphone for our gaming setup. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. And our live stream setup, and then yes. be our portable mics too. Yes. They're very uh, lightweight. Yes. Last question, text question from Josh with a dynamic night Martinez. He says, "Not wrestling related. What's your favorite holiday special from a TV show?" So many answers here. I mean, man, you can go with the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, that's really a movie special it's on bad. TV. It's bad. And it's awful. I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen enough of it. It's bad. I like, uh, and then there's the Halloween special from Quantum Leap when, like, he was messing with the devil. That was crazy. <laughs> uh, what's your answer? Oh, it's the Festivus episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, that's a great one. Mine Love is it. Love it. any number of the amazing holiday skits from Saturday Night Live. But most well, preferably when they uh, when they do an anthology, a Christmas anthology. Oh, that's the come best. the holiday season. You get your your sweaty balls, and of course you get D in the box. Anything, I'll be honest with you. Anything with John Lovitz will get me going. Yeah, <laughs> he was one of my all time favorites. Best deadpan. Two two of my favorite SNL guys, John Lovitz and Phil Hartman. I will always always love those guys. Yeah, they were great. I really, man, I gotta look up see if they have on like. Probably Hulu because NBC. I want to get a freaking Christmas SNL Christmas thing. So what's John Lovitz doing these days? He's hanging out with Nick Cage a lot. That's interesting. I think Jeff told me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's been the Simpsons off and on. He's great, man. Doing a lot of voice work. Well, I remember he used to have like ages ago, like ten years ago. Every Wednesday. At, he had like a residency. I think it was a residency. Residency is more temporary than that. Uh, he just had a spot every Wednesday night at some Hollywood stand-up club. Oh, that's club. cool. And I never went. I really wanted to. Yeah. It sounds amazing. He's probably hilarious, especially now that he's old. Oh, I know. He's probably so much more funny. He was always he so was funny. He was always hilarious. He was always great. I love John Lovitz. Anyways, we should reach out to him. We should get him to do a, a intro to the show. That'd be great. <laughs> Acting. You got it, Jack. Oh, I'll never forget on an episode. Of, it's like a deep cut sketch, like from like '85, like the Saturday Night Live year. It kind of sucked, but he was there, and he was doing the acting thing, the acting guy, whatever he was. Acting, yeah, yes. that guy. And like they're about to yell action, and he's standing next to a camel, 
And he leans over to the camel and says, be prepared to improvise. <laughs> oh, man. That's too funny. He was great. He was great. He is great. That era of Saturday Night Live was amazing. It really was Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, mm-hmm. Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. That was great. Anyways, this is for Matt Chat. I'm going to go watch some Saturday Night Live. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you guys have a good Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well. Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.